Welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. And I hope you guys had a great weekend. I know I did. I probably no, you don't. I no, no I don't. You don't. It's, it's Thursday right now. You do not know you had a great weekend. I, you could have had the worst weekend of your life. I might get my car back tomorrow. Uh huh. Which, if I do, it will be a great weekend. Because <laughs> as of now, it is uh, it is all put together. Yep. Except for what he said. Oh, he wants to put some different screws in the in the headlight lens. <laughs> <laughs> he sends me this picture. And it's literally my head. He's like, oh, I ran into a problem. I'm like, oh, no. You're like, no. No. What could it possibly be? <laughs> He's like, one of the screws is stripped out on the aluminum uh, headlight housing. And it's like, why even bring this up? I'm like, dude, it's been like that for like seven years. I yeah, do just, not care. Just like, put it, please put that fucking thing back together. <laughs> please put it, just put it back together. I keep saying, it ain't going to the state fair, as is what I keep saying. That's one of our... Our buddy saying is, "Ain't going to the state fair," which means it's not being judged by anybody. Yeah, let's just get her done. What would be going to the state fair? Like a cow. Oh, like you, you have your cow, Bessie. old Bessie. You got to yeah. brush her and give her yeah. a bath oh, yeah. and everything else like that. So anyway, so that will make my weekend great. If not, I won't have my car back till probably Monday because they have okay. to clean it up. It's full of Bondo dust and everything. They're going to detail it. And he says, "I really think that we can make your paint elsewhere." way better just with a really good detail and oh, good really? polish and everything like that so the thing's going to come back dialed i'm guessing the ride height in the front's going to be wrong so uh-huh. i'm going to have to kind of maybe dial in the ride height a little bit but sure. um i was thinking that i'm getting a little ahead of myself here uh-oh but you should take the cis from no, my car but before we badger you into that no, what have you got why would for I us do that yeah let's talk about i'll tell you why we could do that no, because down. your car settle was on down. your car was settle on down. fire yeah. it was on fire it was on so you fire. should buy that stuff for a bunch of money so i can have <laughs> you just want more money <laughs> so i can buy this car that i want no 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 let's take a moment to talk about petrol box they're a monthly subscription service specifically I got my petrol made box, uh like a day and a half ago i so. did too it was a really good one this it was month. a good one it had really some nice uh, all-purpose cleaner I got some uh, some really nice mechanics gloves. Yes. It was, yep. it was a good box. I, and I, they got the branded mask. Like, everyone has to wear your mask now. It's actually a really nice mask. It is. <laughs> I, I, I was wearing it. I really like that. I put it in my truck. so I've, And here's what I like about Petrovlax. I'm going off script here, Chris. But what I like about them is they get what's kind of the newest. Like, usually it's new stuff in the industry. Yep. And even if it's stuff you wouldn't go out and buy yourself or realize you need, that's what's so cool. Because every month you get these things you wouldn't normally go out and purchase. Right. And you get to experience it. You get to try them out. It's pretty yeah, cool. like the the magazine was in there. I would never go out and buy that magazine, but I read it front to back. And yeah. It was really cool. Like different perspectives and the gloves different are awesome. And, yep. It's really cool. So, All right, so where can check you- them out at mypetrolbox.com. You can get the $20 a month version or you can get the $39.95 per month version version use code overcrest though because then you'll get six dollars off awesome all right so you were at road america i was this, at road america and so this is i must say i expected more coverage from you when i was looking through the overcrest instagram i'm like well why isn't jake taking pictures of more stuff and then i went well maybe there just isn't any stuff there i took a picture of every single car that was it that was there's like <laughs> seven cars it must have been a really low race know. i'm i'm not the, i'm not the content creator that you are so what did you see what was what was the story how was it so it was much different this is of course the i'm trying to think of the whole name do you know the it's whole the weather name? tech international challenge by brian redmond at presented by brian medman at road america the Medmen is where you buy weed. It's Brian Med- Redman. Medmen? Medmen? <laughs> Medmen is the, 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 the weed company. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, so it was definitely different this year uh, with COVID. There was 
less teams out there, guys actually racing. Yep. And there was a lot less people, it seemed like. Yeah. Now, I say that, but then one thing that's different, usually the highlight is on both Friday and Saturday. Friday night, they have all the race cars go downtown Elkhart Lake. That's the best part. Drive these things on the street to the town and right in like, you it are, looks like downtown anywhere, America, right? Yeah, just like a little small town. And you're and sitting there and a Can-Am McLaren drives by as yeah. you're sitting on the curb three feet away from it's it. It's just wild. Yeah, you get knocked off your lawn chair by some of these cars. Yes. So that didn't happen this year. It was at the last minute. And that's why I didn't go. So first they said, all right, well, we need more space. Well, actually, I think it was first Elkhart Lake downtown didn't want them there. Right. Was my understanding. Because there's the street is a normal street and it's so full of people that you're asshole to elbow for like a quarter Again mile. Again with your elbow. Well, yeah. You got some weird elbow fetish going on. No, I you do not. You don't want anyone touching that elbow. That is the an, that's an anti-fetish. Anti-fetish. Yeah, I don't want anybody. If it was a fetish, I'd be like, yeah. touch my elbow. <laughs> yeah, I'd just be yeah. wandering around with like this little chicken arm thing going on, like trying to rub it on everybody. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, they moved it from Elkhart Lake, and it was supposed to be in Plymouth, which is the next town over, right? Yep. And then kind of last minute, they pulled out as well, it sounds like. So like, okay, <laughs> what? Go ahead. Yeah. Well, you got me talking, thinking about fetishing things. And pulling your elbow out? Yeah. (laughs) No. So they said, all right, we're going to have all of the cars and the concourse on the front straight of the track. It's pretty much the only place they could do it at that point. Right. And so. Which is stupid because you can just walk into the pits and see them and they're like five feet away. Exactly. It was kind of silly. But here's what's interesting. So it seemed very. What are supposed to do? I mean. I know. It seemed sparsely intended as you're walking around. People are being careful and distancing and everything. And then I think on like Friday and Saturday night, not everyone leaves the track and goes to town in normal years, right? Not everyone that attends this event would go downtown to that show. Wouldn't you agree? Okay, let's say everybody goes. (laughs) But if you're already at the track and this is the one thing going on, the one event, every single person there came out to this. Right. And it looked like the state fair. There were so many people crowded around these things. And we were kind of like, I don't really want to go I over there. So, so we, we went Friday night not knowing what to expect. And we're like in the middle of this crowd where it is like elbow to elbow. And so we yeah. walked through and we're like, oh, this not good. So right. Saturday then is the streetcar concourse. Mm-hmm. And we basically just walked alongside the fence and looked yep. at cars that we'd seen them all before anyways. Yeah, they're all just kind of driving around anyways. Exactly. So it. I will say that, yes, it seemed like less people until you get them all in one spot. And you're right. like, holy crap, this is way too many people. Right so what was now. the best car there? What did you enjoy seeing? Most? I really liked seeing a uh, Porsche 906. There was, of course. So this the was one with the, the red paint on the. Yes. Yeah, and beautiful car. I talked to one of our friends who was acquaintance with the guy who brought it. And from what I heard, don't quote me on this, but the story was they had just bought this car at auction. Okay. Like five minutes before the. Like, like, well, that prior weekend or yeah, something. Yeah, sure. Okay. And the story is that the car without reserve sold for much, much lower than the seller was intending. And so as kind of like a screw you, the seller didn't give the new owner any of the documentation. He's like, I don't know what gears are in it. I don't know what compression is running. I don't know any of that, supposedly. Yeah. And so it did not perform well. They're basically uh, running it very easily trying to figure the car out. Yeah, it's like a fresh car. What a... If that's true, again, this is just hearsay from three people removed. But if that's yep. the case, man, not very nice. Not at all. So we 
So your favorite car was a car that didn't run very well. Correct. Okay. 100%. Okay. 100%. Yes. Um, there was also this the was Akimoto the, guys bring it? Did they have a bunch of cars Oh, yeah. There? Yep. They had it. They had the Volkswagen Caddy is what yours should look like. No, that is what a Jake Caddy would look yeah. like. I like that Caddy, but it is very far removed from what oh, I would awesome. do. It's got a 16 valve with DCOEs, and it's got yep. a 914 dash, I believe. Yeah, it's got a 914 dash. It's got these it's cool It's too seats. nice for me. Those guys do everything to such a high level. that yeah. it, it, They brought out their whole truck and all the cars and yeah. everything else. So that was very cool showing by them. Um, this was also the celebration of like the UOP shadows. UOP, the, uh, the, the oil, the universal, universal oil, oil pe- petroleum pe- company products, products, something. universal oil products. Yes, exactly. Okay. And so there was, as far as I could tell, it was, they're like, the shadows. They're the ones that when you see them, yes. they're black wheels. I was going to say black tires, but that's kind of given. Also black <laughs> tires though. You are and then, right. And then the cars are black too. And usually the velocity stacks on the motors are black. Everything's okay. black. Did you see the photos I posted of these though? So I've seen these things a million times. Have you seen, they brought probably 14 of them this year. One Whoa, team did. that sucks because I really would have liked to have seen that. There were so many. I've only seen two or three at a time. No, no, no. There was at least a dozen all under one tent. One team brought all of them. Oh man, that's got to, that they had to have looked awesome. The very first prototype shadow that's ever been there. And I don't know if you would have seen this car because first of all, it has little 10 inch wheels up front. Like they're so, they're probably 12s, but it looks so bizarre. And the engine, think of your regular manifold on a big V8 that's sticking out from the chassis. And there's a huge ram, like where your throttle body would be on like a normal LS or something. They have that. And it's just a tube sticking straight over your head. And that's it. That's the intake for the engine. It's wild looking. Man. The best part, though, was... How did it sound? Did you hear it run? Oh, yeah. They all sound just so mean. Just Just ridiculous. The best part about this thing, though, is... It, you're sitting with your legs straight forward over the front axle. The steering wheel wasn't canted. It was literally flat. It's like a school uh, bus. <laughs> yes. Imagine how you drive a school bus with the flat steering wheel. That's this thing. But it was a little like 10 inch steering wheel. It so it's like, like a, a go-kart. If a tilt-a-whirl was a race car. Yes. That is what this thing is. And I'm sure it feels like a tilt-a-whirl. Oh, I bet it does. Um, so yeah, those were wild seeing those out there. And one did actually crash. I was on the opposite end of the track. When I saw the happened. video of it. it was this there was two of them they looked identical to each other i don't know if they were sister cars or not might have been but yeah. one was behind like, there's so you have the the straight the front straight at yep. road america goes Where you up a hill up this hill and then you crest and i think it's like 0.8 mile the whole the whole thing is yeah, almost close to almost a mile. a mile long and you come up over this crest and i've been on this crest flat out in like a in like an m4 okay like a bmw m4 flat out and the traction control comes on when, when you, you come over hill. that crest so everything gets very light yeah. Because obviously. That's and what, what I think happened here is this guy was tucking in drafting behind the first car really close. Yep. So when he came over that crest, he also didn't have any arrow no on downforce. the front of the car. And it did this big lift and. Like just. Have you ever seen that Mercedes yes. at the Nürburgring or whatever it that's is? That's exactly what it did. It's just flipping up into the air and flipping over and yep. landing. I thought the guy looked like he was dead, but I guess he was fine. He walked away. And fine. I can't imagine how that thing didn't catch on fire. I don't know. It's. <laughs> Because my car did. (laughs) Yeah, let's hear a little bit about that. (laughs) So that was Road America weekend. I will say we rented out the the trackside cabins. So how much do these cost normally? $1,400 for the weekend. Holy shit, Jake. Come on. Camping is like 30 bucks. It was so nice. 
I could I can't even think of all the things that I could I would rather buy. 68 degrees the whole weekend in there. Oh, and we had our own little like tent set up out front. We could hang out. We had a little smoky joke. Is it right we on the, the front fire, straight? Right on the front straight. And this is cabin number one. So you know there's those bleachers there. The rest of them are kind of behind the bleachers. This yep. one is next to the tower. Like you are right there. But you got a big discount on it. Right, just because it was... I don't know if I got a discount at all. Oh, it just became available. It just became available. Because these are like two-year wait lists. Camping is $35. Yeah, this was awesome, though. Oh, my God. I would rather... Camp. Think of all the things you could buy for 1000 Jake, $1,400, dude. Oh, my God. Something like that. It might have been twelve. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, so I get a discount next year because if you re-up it. Oh, there you go. And I will not be sharing it with you because That's you fine. said that it has a pocket door, which is probably not snoreproof. No, it is not snoreproof, I imagine not. <laughs> it looked pretty small. Yeah, but so it, it was it was so nice. But 14, I mean, think there's got to be hotels in the area that are... Well, yeah, I guess that's lame. Then you got to go you're, out you're somewhere. Right we did that the other year, too. You're right there. You're right there. Which it is, was which really nice. Cool. And we had the golf cart. You did. You went all out. This oh, yeah. This, I told you, this is like super luxury mode. This, this was the this is the summer of Jake, apparently. This, yep. So, so I was the golf cart driving around. It was awesome. Yep. That is the way to do it, man. It, it Everyone is. is huffing it and sweating. I still, it, it's, and it's, oh. I can't do it. It's because the golf cart is $300. Right? Yep. It's 300 yep. bucks. I'd rather bike. For the two-seater. And then it was 400 for the four-seater. And the thing is, is I think they ban like electric like cycles and stuff like that. You're not supposed it to. It has to be road legal, the vehicle that you bring is the rule. So okay. you can't bring like an ATV out there. Right. And you can't bring a little like electric razor, I suppose. Right. No, because it either has to be like a pedestrian bicycle or it has to be a road legal. That's why a lot of these guys have their like vintage motorcycles out there. Right. It's really cool. Yeah. Too. It's, otherwise, everybody would be riding around on stupid little pit bikes all over the place. Yes. <laughs> it's like chaos. Oh, that would be terrible. So what happened with your car? So, okay, so I'm all, like, jazzed about seeing all these old cool 911s. And I mean, you called me. You sounded like you were going to throw up when you called I me. I was sick to my stomach, man. So, okay, I, I'll start from the beginning here. I, this happened after I got back from Road America because we just took the Macan, which is awesome. You know, driving in air yeah, conditioning super lame. and drove yep. itself. Yep. So you had air conditioning, got out, and then had more air conditioning. Correct. Yeah. Oh, it was great. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't get back in your yacht when you got home. <laughs> so I was driving my 911, and I like the idle would hang a little bit. Like it was lean or something? Like it was lean, but then it settled back down, and it just felt weird. It felt off. And so I was like, well, I'll take the, the filters off and take a look. I don't know. Maybe something's goofy on the carb that I can see. And I take the rain hat and filter off of the left bank first. And it's literally the secondary velocity Venturi is melted. What sound did you make when you saw it? I go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds I, like that's the opposite of a yeah. yeah it was the opposite. No. Of a, it, was, it, was, it was a yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, what the was hell Nikki home? happened? No, okay. she wasn't. She was at work. Did you show your dog? Were you like, Hank, look at this I shit? I was like, no. <laughs> so I was like, well, the carburetor needs to come off. So I take the carb off and I'm worried at this point. I don't know how it happened, right? So at this point, I still can't figure it out. All I know is in every single throttle body on that left bank, it's melted aluminum. Well, you showed me one. You showed me one at first. You said, look at this. And I go, holy shit, dude, that cylinder ran really lean. Right. That's what I'm thinking, too. And like, then you showed me three. And I went, wait, wait a, a second. Minute. How are three? Because 
One could, I could imagine one running lean, but then I'm like, man, that would be a lot of backfiring through the yeah, car. It to wouldn't get make sense because that's on top and I can of imagine, the carburetor. And I can imagine two being lean, but three because you have two floats in the carburetor. I was right. thinking a stuck float, sure, something like that caused that cylinder run lean, but all three doing that, doesn't I'm like, it doesn't make any sense so at all. I'm like, okay, this doesn't make any sense. I'm going to take the carb off, and then I'm seeing it's melted and dripped onto the actual uh, throttle butterfly. Plates. The aluminum. The aluminum got metallic. Like actual liquid dripped down onto the fl- flat throttle plate, butterfly the throttle butterfly, plate. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm thinking, well, you know what that means is it also went down into the cylinder. 100%. You're like, well, that's it. This motor's I'm toast. Like, gone. And I, I'm like, Jake, do a compression test. Do you have a compression tester? Yeah. And so I was, I was so like, I took pictures, but I didn't want to share them. I didn't want to do anything because I was like, were you sweating? Were you hot? It was like I get, cold when, sweat. Whenever, it was like cold yeah. sweat. It was weird. And so, okay, I do compression check, and it's perfect. No, it wasn't. Well, the first two were 120 and 122. And then 150. And then 150, and I was like, that's weird. Yeah, that. and then you told me, I'm like, well, your motor's blown. And I was immediately on eBay. <laughs> like, thank God. And this, I said, thank God this 2.2 engine with Zenith carburetors finally blew up. We can get Jake a real engine. And I'm like, why do you want me to jump on this, like, jump off the bridge of spending way too much money on engines? Because I think it would be fun to have a a motor project. I think we could talk about it. I think you'd enjoy it. Okay, well, we can find a much, much cheaper motor project on something else. (laughs) Let's LS swap the C10. How about that? That's a problem with these... 911 oh my god it's so ridiculous and then i told you holy crap my nightmare from the other day where i have a volkswagen engine in it this was all like a premonition that this engine's toast and i can't afford a new one so i'm gonna have to put a volkswagen bug engine in it and it was oh my god it was terrible so yes i got low readings but not terrible because anything over 100 is like well there's not a hole in the piston right right so i mean 100 would be bad yeah 120 is not good i think new is around 150 145 145 100 would be it's time for a rebuild exactly but i was like okay that's good it's not zero because last time i lost compression on a 911 engine was my m96 that i had zero psi coming out of it because the valve was stuck yeah that's not good no so I do a compression on the other bank too. I'm like, well, maybe it's all at 122 and it's consistent and it's just some weird super low compression engine. I don't know. <laughs> and I get over to the other bank and it's 150, 150, 150. Because this this motor is, when you got it from the previous owner, it's very new. I think this, this was motor a, had, when I bought it, like 15,000 miles. Yeah, it was like a crate it. engine from Porsche or whatever. Exactly. Which the guy should have just put a different engine in the thing. It was the 80s. It wasn't that expensive. Yeah, you know what I mean? Deal. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it wasn't didn't matter. Today. Now, I was looking at engines. And I'm like, okay, let's look at in. If you want to do an MFI swap on your car, it's at least $15,000. So Just dumb. for the injection. It is so which is dumb. absolutely asinine. Screw you guys for making this stuff so expensive. Also, the engines are outrageous. Like, if you, if you want to buy my engine. Yep. Like, if someone built a short stroke with you know, cams and compression, everything. Right. It's $20,000 just for the engine. That is so dumb. For the long block. It's absolutely it's crazy. It makes it so hard because you can't even begin to the reason. Like, if you have a good engine, you can't even reason taking it out. No. It's just too expensive. It was, yeah. So, obviously, I was heartbroken. So, that's, that's why I felt really bad. I'm like, oh, man, this stuff is way too expensive. What's Jake going to do? Yeah. And so, then I go back around and the, you know the compression tester? Usually they have like where it's threaded for your spark plug and you have a little rubber O-ring. Mm-hmm. There was like all this crap on the O-ring. 
And so I went back to the two cylinders that were at 120, and I fired it again, and they got 150 on the dot. Okay, Full. so motor's good. Thank motor God. is great. Thank God. I don't know how. I think what happened is as soon as it hit the um, throttle plate, yep. it was cold enough where it just instantly solidified. So Nothing I got talked to, that. we'll talk about the, the individual that I met later in the podcast, but I talked to him about your problem. Yeah. And he says, I've seen that over and over again. He says, I don't know why that aluminum sticks to those butterflies. He says, maybe it's because they're brass. Yeah. Well, you think know, about it. You have all this like cool air and yep. it just gets there fuel and that evaporates and makes it even colder and, and the so first thing it hits it goes and yep. just solidifies Luckily. so you had like little puddles of aluminum on yes. all your butterflies yep it was nuts i had to scrape it off with a screwdriver because i couldn't unscrew the butterfly plates because they're covered by aluminum that's crazy it basically brazed itself here exactly it <laughs> did so i posted all this and we're trying to rack our brain like how how did this happen right yeah, how does this happen it it's literally how is the fuel getting into then, the intake charge yep, and so my buddy was like you realize the melting point to aluminum is like 1200 degrees right or if it's some alloy it'll like the lowest you can get that's still some type of aluminum is like 800 degrees is the melting point some that's ridiculously alloy, yeah. hot so I'm, I posted on Instagram, people are like making really dumb suggestions about, well, you had a backfire and it's just, you know, it's running really lean. I was like, so the pistons are all fine and spark plugs. I pulled all the plugs, yeah, they obviously. Look they, they look were good. fine. They, they look like great. your fuel mixture was spot on. Exactly. They look great. They were fine. So finally someone sends me an article and it is exactly to a T what happened. Because as I'm thinking back. Okay. So what happened? As I'm thinking back, I remember exactly the moment when this happened. Because I, it was a super hot day. I was running the car hard. Nikki and I took a day off. It was a Friday a couple weeks ago. It's like 97 degrees yep. outside. And we ran out to a couple wineries in the River Valley where our rally goes. And we like drove it back and we're really running hard on these roads because it's awesome. And then I went and I just parked it hot. Right in the garage. We, we stopped at a friend's house on the way back home. And so I'm not going to sit there and let it idle down in their driveway. So I just shut it off. It's mm -hmm. hot, hot day, done. What Here's happened? the question is, would it, can you really get it to cool down just sitting there? You don't have an oil cooler, do you? Just the one basically part of the engine. Yeah. So you don't, you can't just sit and idle for the motor to cool down. That doesn't really work on the cars without an oil cooler and a fan. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. So. Anyway. There are a couple of ways I could have prevented this, and I'll get to that in a minute. But what actually happened then, and this is discussed in this article this guy made, and it makes perfect and sense. And I've confirmed logically. it through two different people. So, okay, hot day, ran hard, parked. What happened, the engine is so hot, and the engine compartment is so hot, the fuel actually boiled out of the float bowls, okay? And where does it go? It's contained in these rain hats and K&N filters. So I basically have a bomb sitting on top of my carburetor now. Then when I went to start it back up, there's no fuel in the floats, so it leans, pop, right? Mm -hmm. It backfires because there's no fuel getting to it. it does have it. vapor in the... Exactly, but the vapor's still on top of the carburetor. So it backfires when I went to start it again, since the floats are dry, ignited the mixture in the filters, and I think it persisted to burn as it was running for a bit, reaching the thousand degrees necessary to melt aluminum. I Googled that regular gasoline burns at like 1500 degrees just so it didn't in take, atmosphere. It doesn't have to take long for it to No, do that. but I think what happened is because it was running, it was still pulling air through the filters and basically Feeding keeping a, this keeping fire, the flames going. Not only keeping the flame going, but instead of burning up 
into like a full-blown engine fire, it was pulling the flame into the carburetor. And that's what basically prevented a full-blown external engine fire, but did also keep fueling that One flame. One thing that's dangerous is sometimes just turning the key on to the on position will discharge a spark from mm. the coil. And that could have been disastrous for you because it wouldn't have been running. Right. And you could have somehow lit all of that fuel on fire at once yeah without it running which so first of all it's a good thing i do have a fire extinguisher in my car i did at the time but i had no idea this was going on i had no idea i started it it was like running weird it was backfiring a little bit i was like it just it must be super hot i must not have had good fuel pressure because what i usually do is i turn the key to the run position and i can hear the fuel fill the fuel pump up front go when it hits pressure yeah, when the floats are full. Exactly. So usually I'll wait a second just because it starts easier. Yep. But I just kind of popped it right off right away. Yep. Because we were at someone else's house. I just wanted to get out of there. And so I was like, oh, it's running weird. I must not have had fuel pressure. And it was running terribly. And that's, I think, what was happening is literally I was having a fire I can't believe it was in my running. carburetor. I know. I think it was just <laughs> running off of the other So how bank. do you prevent this from happening? What's the... Because this is kind of... This is a carburetor problem. This is a carburetor uh, so problem. People, it's not just Zenith. However, I did ask two separate people about this. Three, okay. actually. And they go, well, Zenith carburetors. Three different people all yeah. blamed it on it being Zenith carburetors. I know. And I don't understand what is so different than these. Because, the well, I will say the article I read was actually about this happening on Weber's. So okay. you're right. It is maybe more prevalent on Zenith, but it is a carburetor problem. So the solution is either somehow let it cool completely and maybe pop the deck lid after Popping it's the deck hot lid would probably help. Because then you get some sort of airflow in there and pulls that mixture out from the top. Or say, fuck it, to air cleaners. So don't have a place for it all to condense. I think you also have, if you had an actual air box, that would probably help a lot too because it would dissipate the concentration. Bigger volume. Bigger yep. volume of air would dissipate the concentration yep. of it. But obviously you don't want to run an air box. No, and you're not doing that either. So No. It, yeah. Um, I would if I could, but it's too much of a pain. Yeah. And so I even started looking. I was like, all right, I'm going to just do like standoff rain hats with like cool velocity stacks. I'll get like actual milled aluminum ones. Shit, that way you can bring those compression numbers down over time. That'll yeah, be great. Exactly. Because then I was like, I'll run the stupid little screens over and it'll be fine. And then so I, I started just going down this rabbit hole and reading That's all That's a really this. bad idea. And everyone's like, well, you know, the, the, the factory ran them on race cars back in the day. I was like. Yeah, because yeah, they rebuilt the engine exactly. every weekend. Yeah, so I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I've done the screen thing. Yeah. I've ruined an engine doing that. You yeah. cannot do that. No, you, you can't. think Especially you're fine. a car you're going to drive. I, would, I remember when I had the Rabbit and I had the screens on the front, the four screens. Yeah. And every time I would see something dusty up ahead, I would turn the car off and, <laughs> and clutch in just so I could drive through the dust with the car uh, off. And then I would then I would just turn it on and start driving yeah, the on the other side. things we do to it's like, so stupid. So it looks cool, man. When I pulled, I ended up having no compression on one cylinder in that engine. And I remember pulling the cylinder head off and looking into the combustion, into the, the cylinder walls looked yeah. like there was just scoring. Just scratch marks. Something, There's a cat in there yeah, that's something just trying was to get like out. trying to climb out with like exactly. diamonds. Yeah, it, it was no good. So, you know what's interesting? What I was thinking about this too, though, is... We're both boat guys. There are thermal things that go underneath the carburetor that can help with that. I have those. Those are, you already have those. I have those. Wow. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. So I know on the on Jess's yeah, car, they had um, um, intake manifold um, thermal isolators. Is it an O ring and then a plastic piece and then an O ring again? It's not O ring. It's it's the paper gasket, then a plastic. Comp- it's not plastic. It's some sort of composite, and then another gasket for the manifold. Yeah, I had an O ring, plastic, and then O ring, and it would it was supposed to help the fuel from being agitated by the vibrations of the motor, oh, and also not have as much thermal transfer from right. the cylinder head. Exactly. To the, um, no, what I was thinking about is this is the same concept for why boats, inboard boats, have blower motors mm-hmm. for the engine bay, right? right? You're supposed to turn on the blower if you any boat has the sticker when it's new. It's like, oh, please run blower motor for 60 seconds before starting engine. It's going to blow up. It's because you have these fuel vapors contained, and that's what happens. So I'm like, oh, I could get some sort of blower set up for my, my carburetor you know, filters, and it'll blow all the exhaust out. And it's, it's just, no. That's not so the, way the only thing you could realistically do yep. is open the deck lid when you go somewhere and you think it's hot. Yep. B, when you're going to go to start it again or whatever, you go and you take the air filters off, air it out, and then put it back together. I was just trying to think of like I could do like little cotter pin clips on that instead I have of the wing, bolts. I have wing nuts on mine with safety wire. Yep. Is what but is, that's still, how, how long like, does it take to undo four wing nuts? Eight with, wing nuts. Yeah, with safety wire. Like you're not going to do that realistically. No, you'll never do it. You'll never consistently do no. that. So I'm, yeah, I think I just have to open the deck lid when it's hot, let it cool. Don't start it when it's hot. Well, you can't. What are you going to do? Not go somewhere when you need to? You can't do that. This is just, I need to. This is a carburetor problem. This is just something that you just have to have a fire extinguisher for it. Now, I bought you, well, another fire extinguisher. (laughs) Well, I bought you a good fire extinguisher, which is the, I talked to my buddy, um, uh, Marco over at TLG Auto, which is a Porsche shop out in, in Hollywood. Yep. And he has these, um, element ons with his logo on them and stuff. Oh. And, uh, I got you the seat bracket. Nice. With that, because you don't have a roll cage. You should, because your pin. That you know what I told Nikki? What? I told her the history of this car and how supposedly it came with a roll cage in it. The mechanic yeah. bought it. And she goes, Well, you should find a roll cage for it. Well, there you go. You should All find right. a roll cage. I'm going to do it. that. We'll see if we can find you one. And then I got one that goes on a roll cage. So okay. I, I have a fire extinguisher in my car, too. Yeah. But it's kind of poorly mounted and it never was really something like I could, I kept buying mounts and i'm like oh this one doesn't fit the fire extinguisher that i have and it would like clang around in there so now i have the a a good mount with a good fire extinguisher and just because i'm gonna have carbs too yeah and you know it's just (laughs) i have pmos which is kind of the most advanced form of the carburetors that we have right so i don't know if it's as much of an issue in those i have no idea but i have the same filters you do yep so i hope i don't have to deal with something like this but like one of my buddies said he goes dude it's carburetors that's just part of the risk that's part of the the yeah. deal. That's part of how it goes. Yeah, so that's the long and short of it. So I'm waiting on uh, new uh, secondary Venturis from Italy. Do you have primary Venturis too? Do those need to be replaced? No, those, well, so those were fine. The stacks, they're anodized, or not anodized, they're zinc coated. Yep. Those are just like the zinc burnt off. So did you get different ones that are like longer or anything like no, that? No, I wanted to. Oh. I might still. Yeah, you should get some cool looking Because those aren't melted. They just burnt the zinc Actually, off. They just don't look good. They just anymore. don't look great, right. but it's under the filter. So I had a hell of a week. Yeah. And I, well, I guess this is the weekend now. But later this week, I am going to have delivered to me um, a Volkswagen Caddy, another one. So I picked up another Volkswagen Caddy. Right. And a basically a listener of the podcast called me up. He's like, hey. You know, I'm getting rid of a few things. Okay. And I've got a Volkswagen Caddy and some Volkswagen parts. Do you want to come take a look? 
said, yeah, I'd love to come take a look. So I hopped in my caddy. I'm expecting I brought my tools with me. I don't sure. know what's going on. And I decided I'm going to drive over to this guy's place, which is- Because it too, wasn't far from your house. Not too far from my house. Now, let me preface this by saying, A, nothing I'm going to tell you about is for sale. <laughs> B, I will not tell you who, who this guy is or where any of this stuff is. So please- yeah. Don't, don't ask. Yeah. I've been getting a lot of people asking me on Instagram, a bunch of vultures, is this for sale? Is any of like of course. It's, it's, it's not. It's like yeah, if it was for sale, you would have tried, right? More well, yes and no. You know, I, I yes and no, but I'll I'll get to that. Right. Um so I, I grab my tools, throw in the in the truck and I drive over there and I end up driving down this super long dirt road. And you know, you always spend time driving around kind of looking in people's yards. Oh yeah. Just, there's no way you'd ever see anything. This okay. super like eight it's mile long driveway on a dirt road connected to another dirt road connected to a dirt road <laughs> back in these in this lake area with some swamps and stuff like that. It's way okay. off, way off the beaten path. Gotcha. And I drive up and I'm looking and I look over to the right and the first thing I see is an old Freightliner cab over semi truck. I love those cab. And I'm like, trucks. man, they just have this. They look. If it was an emotion, it would be just kind of like vengeance. Like it's out. They're imposing. They are. They're very like, yeah, it's like someone um, leaning on their toes as they're yelling at you. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like way up. Yeah, it's forward. And I saw that. I'm like, oh, this is cool. As an aside, you know what I love about those trucks? Because they're all flat on the front. They don't, you don't see them on the road anymore, but when you're in a small car and they come right up to your bumper, all you see is this wall of grill behind yeah. you. And one of the trucks, there was another one okay. and I'll, I'll get to it. So we're dry, And I see this, this Freightliner. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. It's got a trailer attached to it. And so I was just kind of parked there. I'm like, wow, that's really rad. I really would love to have one of those. Yep. I would just maybe drive it around. Can you imagine just being like, oh, let's go get some groceries and hop in your cab over and drive and go pick up some groceries? <laughs> that would be awesome. I've always wanted to do donuts or drifting in one yeah. of those or something like that, like they do in Europe. They have the truck championships. Yes, you're right. Why don't we have that here? What is the problem? They, th- any of these semi-tractor like trailer trucks look so weird without a trailer attached to them. Yeah, but these guys, well, you could put... You could put some sort of cab on the back or something like that because you see the um, the international. Not, you see um, the not for hire trucks that yeah. are just basically a little motorhome behind. I mean, there's Europe is different because they share a lot of platforms. So sure. like a, a box truck, it also it could be a semi truck, could also be these different things. So I guess here we just have eighteen wheelers with a hitch on it. <laughs> you know, we don't or what what do they call them? The the part where the the trailer attaches to the it. It's coupler like deal. The, yeah, the couple. There's a specific name for well, this. Because you're talking like the plate thing that you have to grease the plate and, and then you put slap the, the thing on there's a the there's, gooseneck we seem retarded situation. right now because there's a specific name for this this thing anyway so uh, i see that i see the trailer sticking off the back of it and behind that and I, i'm driving i go holy cow there's a 914 just sitting there oh wow and behind the 914 is the engine for the 914 i'm like oh my gosh okay and then I start to like look around a little bit because then my heart is beating. You're like, I'm well, like, there's what some is, stuff here. Okay, so I'm like, there's okay, this guy has got at least the truck that I'm talking about and two rabbits because that's what he told me about. And I'm like, oh, I'm really, really excited about seeing those. Right. And all of a sudden, there's a 914 there, and my heart starts palpitating. And I'm like, I started sweating. You know, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like, this is crazy. This could be this cool thing. So I pull up in the driveway. The guy comes out, super swell. Really nice dude. Uh, really nice to talk to. And he's like, hey, how you doing? The truck's right over here. Come take a look. And uh, the price was right on the truck, so I didn't really look at it too hard. I didn't really want to look at, like, uh, the whole gift horse in a mouth thing. Like, I'm, you know, he gave me a great price on it. So I'm not, like, looking at the floors and, like, just poking yeah, around. Exactly. Like, so, you know, because it was up on a car trailer, I saw. He was already on a car trailer, and he's, he's going to bring it over next week. 
So it's already on the car trailer. Was he expecting to bring it over? Well, to you? either either I was going to take it or take parts off of it or whatever, or it was going to go get smashed. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it was going to go get smashed. And I, I, th- I did see it had in the rear window. It had a BBS sticker and a Quafy differential. Had a what differential? Quafy. <laughs> Quaif. Quaif, dude. Quaif. Quaif differential. Yes. Oh, it does <laughs> it's have better the sticker. than Quaif. It is a. <laughs> it is a. <laughs> Jesus, Jake. Oh man. All right. It has a. Um, there's no way that it actually has a Quaif because it is a diesel. And if oh. It, <laughs> I mean that would you be gotta a, put down that torque. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so it's a it's a one six diesel with air conditioning and a few other things, and the bed is super beat up. Um, okay. It's got a nice tailgate on it, and you know I think the window had been down for a while. But in my head, I'm like, okay, maybe I can. You know, the price was right enough that maybe I can save this thing. Maybe sure. I can make this my slam it to the ground, flip the axle coilovers drop yeah. it down weld something into the oil pan you know like just stuff yeah. that i used to do that i kind of miss doing yep and just make it where if you run over something you're just like you're looking back to see how many sparks you threw right <laughs> i, I, I kind of miss having that around plus i'm just i'm just starving for project right now mm-hmm. just my car's been gone for so long i'm just like yes this is this is great so when he's like, yeah, cool, we'll, 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 uh, hence why you wanted my engine to burn. Yes. <laughs> burn baby. <laughs> and work on Jake's engine instead. Spend his money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, I kind of look over and I see another Freightliner truck and it says white Freightliner and it's okay. got an even bigger engine girl. He's like, oh yeah, that one's, that one's really rare. It's got like the big motor in it and a bigger radiator for pulling over the mountains and stuff. Oh, this is really cool. And then I look. For, for, while we're speaking of semi trucks again, do you know why it's called a semi? And also to answer your question, it comes from a semi oscillating turntable hitch is why it's called a semi truck. Okay. I never would have guessed that's what the name of that was. Turntable hitch or fifth wheel hitch. Fifth wheel. That's what. Yeah. Fifth wheel. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's what okay. I was thinking. Turntable hitch. Term. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I see the, the semi there and I look on the little window. Like, mm-hmm. like if you're looking down and you want to see if you can see down the shirt of a girl that's driving, because okay. I would all the time, I would just be like, oh, so, 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 so. you know, you can kind Wait, of, what was that? Oh, so, 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 hmm. yeah, I mean, 10 out of 10, oh, nice blouse, right? I mean, that's, I, I, how could you not? You are such a creepy old man. Uh, well, it, I, I didn't, my mentality hasn't changed. When I was 20, I was also, yeah, you're so, a so, creepy so, young so, man. Now you're a nice just a creepy old man. No, I'm just a man. Okay. Every man, well, not every man, but a lot. A lot of men uh-huh. like uh, boobs, uh-huh. and I like looking at them. So I would have probably <laughs> yeah. looked at them if I was in a truck. I'd be looking. Okay, Especially so anyway. So it's got the you know the little window that yeah, it's you, like the ankle window. No, it's the boob window. Oh, the boob. The boob window. window. The boob window. <laughs> that's there, um, and it has a little thing, that, a little Porsche logo. This is Porsche friend on it. It's got the Porsche crest. That. It was from like the seventies. That's like this super cool. Super red sticker. And then I kind of like tilted my head over to the right a little bit. And I mean, everything's kind of overgrown here a little bit. There's a, all of a sudden I see a, a red 911 Targa that's oh. obviously been there for quite some time. Okay. And a blue 914, yep. blue, which is cool, uh, with, the, with the gold badging. Yep. Also looks like it had been there for quite some time. And I kind of turn to him and I go, hey, you know, is, is, is any of this other stuff for sale? Right. And he says, no, nothing, nothing is for sale. And I kind of go... In my head, I had just had this experience with my grandfather where with the cars that were sitting outside. Yep. And, I, and I started having this philosophical battle in my mind. Okay. Right? And 
So I look at this guy, or I look at my grandpa, or I look at myself, of, or I look at anybody that kind of collects things. Yeah. And I go, okay. I look at something that this... We don't even need to think of it as a Porsche. We just think of it as an object. Sure. Okay? It is a, it's a physical thing. Okay? It could be whatever. And it's sitting in the yard, and it's, it's not doing itself any favors sitting in the yard, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's deteriorating. It's deteriorating, for sure. And then I go, okay... It makes you feel sad. It naturally. makes me, it makes me does make me feel sad, of course. Because you course feel like it makes it's me going sad. to waste. But that's the question. Is it? What purpose is it serving as it's there? And I know it's like this, it's this push and pull, right? You're like, okay, well, someone else could be yeah. enjoying that, but but the owner is also enjoying it as it is. Let me just let me go through my thought process here. Okay. okay let's hear it. And when I look at that car mm-hmm. or any and you see a lot of this, right? When we sure. met Lloyd, there are some cars out back. And, oh, yeah. you know, there's these cars set, cars set. We've, in my, one of my articles I wrote, I kind of describe it this way. And this is, you know, as you're driving across the country, you kind of see these things. Um, the rail line to whenever follows the interstate across the forever plains. For hours, it crisscrosses under and over us. Old American iron is left haphazardly next to rotten barns that seem like they've been leaning into the wind for decades. Some of the rusty cars are lined up purposefully, probably owned by dead men or their sons who promised to finish them. And I think that's what you you have a lot is you have, you make promises to yourself right. that you're going to finish something. And it's it's hard to gather all my thoughts exactly how I feel about this because I, I am so torn. But as, as an owner of something that's parked out there or whatever, it's... You've promised yourself, I'm going to use it for this. I'm going to do this with it. I'm going to finish it. I'm going to part it out so I can make something else whole. Right. Whatever the case may be. And when you take it away, you're essentially letting yourself go, okay, never mind. And I'm, let, me, let, me, let me go through all of this before you give me your, your thoughts because I want to get my train of thought. Sure. Um, and so you're, you're basically, once, once that car goes away, especially if, it goes away in a condition that's subpar. Mm-hmm. You you feel like you've maybe let yourself down mm-hmm. or you feel like you've let the car down. Mm-hmm. But that's not the biggest part. For me, when you look at that physical object that's sitting in that space, usually that's something that somebody purchased and they put there because they wanted to do something with it. Mm-hmm. And how do you how do you get those things? With you, money. You buy them, right? Yes. You buy them or you trade them or you maybe yeah. you trade labor for it or you trade money for it or whatever. That's how the economy works. To get something you want, generally you have to give something. You have to have something of value to offer that person. Right. Very like boiled down, simplified economics, right? All the way okay. back to um, the barter system. Okay. You've right. always had to have something to offer someone else. And when I see that thing, I go, okay, well, obviously that guy had to offer something to get that. Sure. Time, money, barter, other things, trade, whatever. That stuff is a representation of the time and talent of that individual. So you are trading. When I buy, let's say I take $1,000 mm-hmm. and I go buy a Yugo. Okay. Mm-hmm. That Yugo, for example, I think it was, what was it, 2500 bucks. I think it was like $2,500 or $2,000. Is that what you paid for it? Probably not. I bet it was cheaper than that. It let's was, let's yeah. just call it $2,000. Okay. Sometimes, like if I write something and I make $2,000, uh-huh. think of it this way. All the time that I spent researching, interviewing, trans- transcribing, writing, 
revising all that time. And then I got paid $2,000. I then took that money and gave it to that guy for that Yugo. Right. So I didn't buy that Yugo with the money. Uh-huh. I bought that Yugo with my time and talent. That's truly what you're doing when you buy something is you're trading your time, talent, and labor for that thing. And the money is just the way that it's um, the value of what you're doing is ascribed. Sure. And that's what the money is or the value of the item that you're trading for. But right. really what you're using as the currency is your time. So when I see that thing sitting out there, rusting away, mm-hmm. no matter what condition it's in, it is still a representation of that person's labor and time and the dreams that they had of what they wanted to do with it. So when you go to a place like this, and there was there was a lot of cars, man. I mean, okay. there was a lot of cars. There was... I don't even I don't even really want to get into what was there, what I saw okay. because it's not it's really not that important. I'm hoping there's another car there that I kind of Okay, I'll I'll tell you what that <laughs> I'll tell you what that car is is, is in a little bit and, and something else that happened. And but when you try and I I feel like people they roll into these places and you see it happen with American pickers and stuff like that. Oh, and, you, yeah. and you can see the 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 emotion that's that are on these guys faces mm-hmm. with just it's just stuff, right? They're like, well, everybody watches the show. It's like, dude, why doesn't the guy just sell the stupid porcelain sign? It's the guy's going to give him $1,000 for it. It's a freaking sign. Just sell the sign. Right. It's not just a sign. That guy, A, likes it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the first thing. B, traded whatever, that, that currency that we've talked about. He traded that for it. Yeah, but a buyer would be then trading that same currency. Yeah, but what is the guy going to do with the money? That money doesn't, when he gets that money back, he's already earned that money once. Okay. Maybe he's making more of the money because it's worth more now. But what does the money matter to him? What is he going to do? Put the money on his counter and go, wow, yeah, that money really brings back memories. No, but he's going to look at that. Uh, so you're saying a rusting car in your front yard is the same as art? No, not at all. No, no, not, not at all. That's not what I'm What do you mean? Well, okay, so yes, you can't look at a stack of money and get the same enjoyment as a rusting car out front? No, no okay, yes, I can't, you can't. But it's more about what the car represents. The car is not art. It's, it's a representation of things you like, places you've been. Maybe you, uh, maybe you bought it with your son. Maybe it was the, his first car. Maybe so it you're was, talking more about the memories that these things of, signify. Of course, and that's, cars are a huge transporter of memories and nostalgia and, and beacons throughout our life that of of flagship moments in our life. I can look back at many, many cars that I probably wish I still had, but don't. And they they were just these big, huge moments in my life. And just having them around, it's like this emotional thing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think when you, um, when you roll into these places, just like, you know, I was saying like with American Pickers and they're like looking at stuff, trying to buy things. And they're basically... They're trying to find out what the value... You look at a lot, thing, a lot of things can't be bought. The guy's like, I, it's just not for sale. It's this right. much money. The guy's like, well, it's not worth that much. And he goes, I don't give a shit. It's worth that much to me because it is that special to them. Sure. And I think that we need to be more careful. And if you remember with Lloyd, what did I say when you were like, you should try to buy some of these? What did I say? I don't remember, to be honest. I said, I don't want to take anything away from him. Mm. I don't want to. Because when you start taking things away from people, especially things that really matter to them. What's the point in that? So you can enrich yourself? 
why are we taking things away from these people? Why are we saying, well, you're old, so we're going to start taking your shit away from you? Ah, man, that sounds really, really <laughs> bad, doesn't it? When you put it that way. And you're not stealing it from them, Chris. You're offering money. Do you want to sell this? I will give you money. For and of this. course, in their mind, they go, well, this is the responsible thing to do. I've got a family. I should take the money. I should. When in reality, no. No. Why don't you? The stuff is going to be worth the same when you're gone. Generally, mm. especially if you're an older guy. So your family can liquidate it or do whatever they want with it or hold on to the things that matter to you, and then the other stuff can go away. But when you're around, I think you should be able to keep and do whatever you want with your stuff. It's yours. It matters to you. Obviously, you collected it for a reason. So why are we trying to rob these people of their collections? It's none of your business what state the car is in. Especially, I mean, it's not like there's some 9-11 i I'm glad you don't live in an HOA. Homeowners Association? <laughs> yeah. I never would because I don't want to be surrounded by a bunch of other dorks that want to live in a homeowners association that put fountains with rocks in them in I front don't of their have yard. An HOA, but my front yard looks pretty cool, Chris. Oh man. Anyway, that's that's kind of my thought. That's yeah, my and feeling. I'll, I'll reiterate kind of what you said is no one none of these people collect these cars unless they're starting a junkyard without some intent to do something. With they it. they've made promises to themselves. Exactly. And as and I know it now, time flies. I was going to say, no one likes to admit to themselves that they're getting older, right? right? So you still see that, and you may still think about it the same way that you did when you bought it five years ago. Thinking, it makes you feel good, You're man. like, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm still planning on putting I was a, walking a V8 around. in it or something. I was walking around, and we looked at a few different things, and there's a bunch of cars, and he says he has this, and he says he has that, and he says he's got one of those, and I go, holy shit, those are all cars that I want in my life. And I go... <laughs> I have the same mentality of the man that I'm walking around with because yeah. I would love to just grab all these cars that I want, yep. that I've always wanted, Sure, that I've always wanted to make projects out of every single one. I'm not kidding. These are all cars that are like, I want that. I want it in my yard because I want to own one of those someday. I've always wanted to own XYZ someday. you don't someday. want it as a rusting heap in your backyard. You want it as- Here's the thing. I tried to get one. And I was not, I would try not to be too pushy about it. There's a, there's a short wheelbase. I believe it's a short wheelbase, early 912E in Bahama Yellow. Saw that. And Super Patina. Yep. Uh, but it's been in the dirt for 20 years. Okay. And the guy goes, yeah, it's, the floors are gone. It's, it's, it's not worth it, man. And I go, probably not. <laughs> I mean, this is something where you pick it up a forklift and it just folds in half. Yeah. You know, it's just, there's really, there's not much left there. And I go, probably not, but maybe it can live again. Yeah. And there's this story of, yeah, what kind of story is it when you go and you just buy a nice car? Okay. Right. You have a nice car now. L tons of people go out there and they go to RM auctions or they go to Goodwood, Good, uh, Gooding and they buy a car. Right. They're like, look at my, I've got my 67 911 here. I just won an auction. Just barely met reserve, Jeeves. And you're like, oh, great. That's super <laughs> awesome. Congratulations. You bought a car that's been sitting in that guy's garage. Now it's sitting in your garage. But if I could get this 912 and resurrect and it somehow, and I don't even give a shit about doing it right or correct. <laughs> I don't care. But if that car could live and breathe again, which honestly, it probably can't. But I said, I said, why not try? Mm -hmm. And he was kind of like, you know, going back and forth. And, and he, 
and I and I we talked about other things for a while, and then I got back to my I said, So what do you think about that Bahama Hill car? He says, I'm not ready. I said, Okay, no problem. He says, Whenever I'm ready, I'll let you know. And I said, you know what? That's totally fine with me because I don't feel he doesn't owe me shit. Yeah. He doesn't owe me anything. All that stuff is his. It's all his stuff. It makes him happy. Fine. You know, it's not like it's the last Shelby Daytona coupe sitting out in the field. I mean, fucking thousands of these things. It's yeah. not that big of a deal. No, right? I, I think your bottom line is you have to recognize that for these people, these cars, these collections, in whatever state they're in, it's it has emotional worth more than just what they might be able to make by selling it on. A lot of people buy cars because they want to have something that nobody else has. Mm-hmm. This guy and a lot of other people like him buy the cars for themselves. I mean, you can't imagine a lot of people have been out there to see what I saw. No, probably you not. Know? And he's not, he's not, this is the kind of guy I want to be friends with. You know, <laughs> I liked him. I liked his story. I like where he came from and what he did. And he told me these cool stories. He told me some cool stories about your car. In really? Specific. Yeah. Really? Some cool stories about your car that I can tell you off air. Okay. And it's just, that's, I mean, that's. I, the, I, I'll play devil's advocate. Okay. To that's what, what I want. I want to hear how I'm wrong. Yeah. This is Which how is you're wrong. not possible. Because, no, it's exactly what you were trying to say in the argument you were making with that Bahama yellow car. Yes, these cars have emotional worth beyond what they might be worth in scrap or whatever the market value is to take it off his hands. That's good to recognize and to respect that. That's what you're saying. I agree with that. However, devil's advocate, if this car has this much meaning to a person, wouldn't you be doing them a favor by resurrecting it, by letting it live on, by honoring it, maybe by restoring it? Yeah, but that happiness is for me, not for the owner. He could get happiness over giving it to me or selling it to me or or whatever. He could, yeah, people could feel good about that. But in the end, the story then is my story. It's no longer their story. I'll take it to the extreme. At what point is it just hoarding? Some of these guys have so much junk out there I would, that I doubt it's the emotional attachment to this stuff. It's just, it's another thing that they have in their field. I don't think that was, not not with this guy, no. I don't, no, think, I don't think it was that you way. have to admit that at some point, it's less about, oh, all the memories and emotional attachment with this thing it's just getting another yeah, thing. Yeah, so there, the, there was a huge variety here Yeah, in terms of what I saw, which, you know, when I see the, there's like guys that have uh, Vanagons and they've got like 40 Vanagons in a field. That guy is an asshole <laughs> because he's got 40 fucking Vanagons. You don't need 40 Vanagons. Right. You don't need one Vanagon, honestly. Maybe one. You, you want to follow you. Maybe one. With a Subaru engine because regular engine sucks. But, I mean, there's different <laughs> levels of what we're talking about, sure. Yeah. There is. But I just want... I just wanted to make people realize that, you know, we always talk about, you know, we talked about barn finds the other day, oh, right? Yeah. You know, you love that and you wonder, like, how did this ever happen? And I just wanted to try to explain to people why it happens yeah. and why these objects are so emotional for people and that it's not just stuff. You know, it's, it really matters when we take, especially when it's large sums of money and it's something passionate about cars, when we're, what, we're, what we're really trading for it. We're really trading time mm-hmm. for the object mm-hmm. and that object is a representation of our time and talent and I, it's that is a core belief for me in so many different ways whether it comes to politics or personal relationships you know when i'm with somebody like i'm with you right now 
Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm choosing to be with you instead of being with my family, instead of being with my kids. And we do that every day throughout whatever it is that we're doing. Right. Whether you're, and you go to work because you need the money. So you're trading your time for yeah. the money. So you're getting something in turn. For me, doing this with you, I'm getting the return of your friendship and we're creating something for people. So that's the return I'm getting. So I really focus a lot of my life in terms of what am I getting in return from my time? Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's nothing except feeling good about giving something to someone else. Okay, and that, and For that's, a person who values their time so much, you spend a lot of it playing video games. I have not played much video games in the last <laughs> couple of weeks. Um, I, yeah, yeah, I've thought about that for sure. Trust me. I've thought about, and that is sometimes, don't you ever just sit around and go, man, I really wasted a lot of time oh, today. Yeah. I really did not spend my time wisely. Yep. And that's why I, you know, we only have so much of it. We're all going to die. And as obvious as that sounds. Not me. As obvious as, that's fine. as obvious as that sounds, we don't go through our life every day thinking, thinking about that. Way. that. Right. On that note, guys, um, we hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Next week, we'll talk about the new truck that I got. Yeah. And uh, what could be possibly, you know, I'm kind of excited. I'm kind of excited. Like, I know it's got a diesel in it. And I go, well, the diesel probably does not run. So that right. injector pump's been sitting for a long time. But guess what? Everything on my grandpa's truck runs, and it's being taken out for the TDI. Oh, there you go. So I have you all this stuff that I can swap over. over. And I'm, I'm kind of excited for the prospect of the strut towers are probably gone, I'm guessing. Let's just weld let's some just, stuff in there. Let's just get some flat plate steel Heck and just yeah. whatever. Let's just make it work. Anyways, we'll talk about more on that on, uh, I guess it'll probably be next Monday. Sure. Since Friday's news. But uh, yeah, everybody just slow down. Think about what you're doing for your time and make sure you do things that are valuable with it. Take care, guys. We'll see you on Friday. Bye.